Dinosaurs living among man, or is it man living amongst dinosaurs? It's time to coexist in Jurassic World Dominion. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Hey, they actually used the word dominion in the movie. Which was uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Malcolm, uh, it comes in clutch to help us with the title. Yeah, but no one last movie said Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> that would have been great at the end. Just as like, <laughs> that would have been a very uh, Honda-esque thing to do. I feel like, you know, uh, Malcolm is, is speaking at the end of, of the movie. It's like, we are truly living in a Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we are discussing Jurassic World Dominion. With me today is the one and only feathered dinosaur himself, Alex. Oh, joined by the Eric who puts the Giga in Giganotosaurus. Ooh. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it, Alex. Hey, so it's been a couple days since you have uh, seen this movie. I just saw it today. Uh, I went with my uh, our friend, Jay. Oh. Um, yeah, I went with our friend Jay and his roommate, Dustin. So it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Dustin, what's, uh, what's, what's the opinion on Dustin? Let's go ahead and rank him on this podcast. <laughs> Dustin? Yeah. Uh, Roast him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. First impression was really great of Dustin. Okay. All He's right. probably going to listen to this because <laughs> Jay was like, I'm looking forward to listening to the episode or we're looking forward to listening to the episode. So uh, yeah, I, good first impression. Dustin. I don't know. I don't know, Dustin. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, we, um, we went to, you haven't been to Lex live. Yeah, here in Lexington, probably, Alex. No. It's a, it's a new theater, bowling. Uh, there's bowling there. There's a restaurant there. Oh, um, I've seen it. Yeah, it's right It's right yeah. by my, uh, it's, it's right by CeCe's aunt's house. Yeah. It was like a, it was a pretty good experience overall, except for the parking at the end where I had to wait 30 minutes to get out of the parking garage and no. that caused me to have to pay for parking. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, no. It was the worst. But... I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson, and I would go back. I would go back. So, oh wow, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice reclining heated seats, Alex. Heated uh, seats. Wow, yeah, heated seats. Yeah. got a lot more fancy since I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. We have things have completely changed now. We have heated <laughs> seats. <laughs> All of our cars fly. <laughs> yeah, man. Just wait till you come back. You are going to be blown away. <laughs> I'll take you to Lex Lives and really impress you. Okay. All right. I'm down. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, I think we probably have plenty to discuss. So you want to jump right into it? Yeah. Following the events, a.k.a. Macy's release of dinosaurs into the world of Fallen Kingdom, we see the natural consequences of those actions. Dinosaurs invading different aspects of daily life. But if that isn't enough for a plot, Alex, mm. we've got the end of the world, corporate food control, espionage, <laughs> baby raptors, and a romance, of course. Honestly, this film has just about everything. But in this case, is everything a good thing? Or to put it another way, has the franchise finally reached its inevitable conclusion with a whimper or with a roar? <sighs> Was that your T-Rex impression, Alex? Uh, that was maybe a hybrid that wasn't in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was something, man. That was something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I could do like a rap. Like a... <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, for real. Like <laughs> this film, like this is the victim of so much unjustified hate by a bunch of nobodies. Mm. As the first and foremost somebody, 
I will declare that the hate for this movie is ridiculous. So everybody knows they're wrong. All the other critics know they're wrong. Alex has spoken. That's right. <laughs> all right. You're he. You're he. You're all dumb. Now that that being said, I, I could see maybe why some people might be a little disappointed at aspects of the film. Um. Hmm. And I, maybe I'll get into that a little bit more in a little bit, but I felt that the film was like this nice, pleasant surprise considering the online discourse right now about mm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. one that I feel like I would recommend to most people. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you think about the film that I was talking about to Cece about it after we walked out. And a lot of people have kind of commented to me because I've talked to, you know, Michael and Henry about this movie uh, on the. <laughs> on the phone or text or whatever. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of them don't think you're going to like it, but Eric, hmm. I actually think you will like it. <laughs> so tell me what you think. Yeah. Uh, uh, it might be because my expectations were incredibly low, but I, <laughs> I had a really good time with this film. Now my expectations were low because My views on Fallen Kingdom and the one trailer I watched going into this movie, I I just Mm. didn't feel like this was going to offer me much, right? Uh, I just wasn't impressed by either of those. However, after watching, I can definitely say that I enjoyed the experience and believe it's a better film overall than Fallen Kingdom, and it might even rival the original Jurassic World. Now, that isn't the highest bar. I know I'm not, we're not talking like rivaling Jurassic Park here. We're talking about rivaling Jurassic World. But I think if your expectations are right for this one, you can and should enjoy this movie. It is incredibly pulpy. It's all over the place in good and bad ways. And it's just a lot of summer fun. Plus, you know our paleo community listeners had to love those feathered dinos. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure they were pleased with a few of those dinosaurs <laughs> and a few things. But honestly, the paleo community, they just hate everything. <laughs> so, perfect. So, so maybe all the reviewers that are, are part of that paleo community, and they just hated it because yeah. of that. <laughs> so, um, but I, I did mention that I wanted to get into this a bit. And, you know, I've seen some big complaints about the film. One of the most prominent ones that I see on Twitter I, I think mm-hmm. it's actually completely ludicrous, and it's the bug yeah. complaint. Yeah, completely ridiculous, if you ask me. You know, I I think that it makes sense within the context of the entire Jurassic Park franchise mm-hmm. that things come to a head the way they do. It, the whole series is about genetic manipulation. Yes, mm-hmm. dinosaurs are usually at the forefront. The last film showed us that it's not just dinosaurs; it's humans. And now we see that it's gone even further. Um, yeah. And I like that we're getting consequences for it, actually, because frankly, I, I don't think we're going to see this type of thing with um, dinosaurs on an island, right? We're not going to see these type yeah. of uh, this type of snakes even out in the wild. They're not going to pose the type of threat that these bugs do to an entire ecosystem, especially <laughs> when it comes to human hunger, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not super familiar with with the critique. Is the critique that the critique is kind of what you're saying here that the bugs are it's dumb that this is the threat versus the dinosaurs that are the threat? It, I, some people feel that the bugs are the focus of the film, which mm. I wouldn't argue really against that completely. No. But I mean, I think it, it is the biggest existential threat. It's the biggest ex- existential threat. But I, I mean, the way that I would look at that, and sorry to interrupt, Alex, no, the way that fine. I would look at that is. Something along the lines of, okay, we've got in in our world, we've got at- atomic weapons, right? Um, which is like dinosaurs, right? <laughs> it's one thing to have a T Rex, but on the other hand, we also have chemical weapons, and we have other ways to completely destroy and manipulate civilizations that yep. go beyond just the standard. Uh, atomic nuclear weapons that we think of when we think about these these powerful forces, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That, that it's interesting, uh, but continue. Sorry, well, no, but I think you're. I mean, I think you're exactly right, though. I mean, you can weaponize these bugs, give them a lifespan, drop them in a country, and over two or three weeks, they die off. But they've probably wiped out that country's food source. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a, a perfect evolution of what we've been seeing in the series. Yes. Um, and so I think the bug thing makes complete sense. I love that we got something a little different. Now, some other people are also upset about the dropping of the focus of a certain plot line that we've been talking about on the show for a couple weeks. And I even mentioned I was hoping it was going to go this way. And that's the weaponization of dinosaurs. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we've seen that build up, especially with the Indoraptor at the end of Fallen Kingdom. We kind of see where that's kind of going. And I was hoping before going into this movie that that would kind of be the focus. Um, it was like, you know, what's the extent of it? But I actually think that the film, while it's in Malta, which is just an awesome uh, location. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so visually <laughs> different and kind of refreshing from a lot of what we see. Uh, especially in this franchise. Yeah. But we get to see kind of where that goes and maybe it's natural conclusion. You know, we, the, we see the laser sights again, but we get to see the effectiveness of Raptors in, um, urban settings, which is really cool. So now we know that these things can be weaponized and like how lethal and destructive they are in these areas. So I just thought that that was super cool. That kind of wraps up, pretty quickly but i felt Mm -hmm. like it kind of wrapped up for me in a satisfying way you know a lot of people are upset that this film in these moments in malta kind of stepped out of the genre that they probably expected out of the film Mm -hmm. you know we're we're always trapped with the dinosaurs right Mm -hmm. Uh, on an island uh at one mansion for a little while um, mm-hmm. but we're, we're always trapped with them, especially at the beginning of our films. This time we, this is not the scenario. I mean, we are technically trapped with them cause they're everywhere now, but I like that this film in Malta, especially has this really weird James Bond feel. Yeah. Uh, it's like so different. It's got this underground market with some serious world building in it. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. like the Star Wars Cantina vibe. I have, yeah, I had that same feel. Yeah, I had that same <laughs> same feeling. It yeah. really felt like that. You know, you get these quirky characters, these weird dinosaurs doing things, like that little cute Triceratops-like dinosaur that's just, like, standing there during all the chaos. Mm. Um, there's just, like, all these really fun things. And then we also get this weird James Bond-esque villain played by, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I think it's Adichin Lachman. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Right. She played Santos. They kept calling her Santos. It, uh-huh. it was so fun, though. Like, she didn't overstay her welcome. I was glad she was there to kind of showcase and wrap up the plot line that I was wanting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like such a fun ride. You know, that motorcycle chase with the Raptors is awesome. A lot of people point to that guy on the scooter getting eaten by the Carnotaur um, <laughs> as being ridiculous. I agree. But that's <laughs> nitpicking. It's like such like it's such nitpicking and just ridiculous. I just I, I mean, it's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to be right? silly, right? Like that part is silly, right? Like yeah. obviously, like the guy's not going to get away on a scooter, <laughs> on a right? Scooter. But that's the silly part is that that you're not going to get away on the scooter. Like people are dumb. That's what it's saying. Exactly. <laughs> like like the whole Malta sequence is so fun. Like boo hoo! I'm not on the island the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of babies. The, the cool thing here, though, is that we actually get to have our cake and eat it, too, because we do have that crash in the dinosaur sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, where, once again, we get trapped with the dinosaurs. I like mm-hmm. that it's not over long, that they're stuck in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and plot-wise, you know, uh, I don't think there's a lot to whine about in terms of our overall plot. You know, there are some conveniences, Um, but other than that, I think this is a really wonderful ride. And I, you know, I I don't know what people were expecting other than to go to Jurassic Park for the third time or something. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, honestly, none of the complaints that you were addressing are complaints that I have about this film. I think, and most of the complaints that you're addressing are, are, sound like from people that probably are pretty big Jurassic park fans, you know, that are pretty like serious about the franchise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, and I don't think any of those complaints are worth are huge complaints for me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with any of your points there, but I, I do think the film has some issues. Mm-hmm. I, I said before 
that it's a bit all over the place in good and bad ways. What I meant by that is that it's a bit frantic with its character development, which is a bad thing, but it's <laughs> sprawling in its scope and setting, which is generally a good thing. But it may be that these two realities, right, the, the character development and the setting um, and the scope of those clash against each other in ways that make it impossible to have a film that satisfies both great character development and the sprawling setting. As far as settings are concerned, we have Sierra Nevada woods, West Texas, the Republic of Malta, the Dolomites. (laughs) And within those, we've got secret laboratories, illegal dino farms, black market dino rigs. And I'm sure I'm missing some and even some more within those, but you get the idea. That makes for a lot of fun dino moments. The chase scene that you mentioned in Malta is a particularly fun sequence that leads to that ridiculously over-the-top takeoff, which is (laughs) awesome. Uh, But it's just fun, right? Like, come on. We get to see a true uh, chase scene involving dinosaurs. Uh, It's really great, yeah. Um, But because of all these locations we never get a chance to settle with the characters. Maisie gets a few good reflective moments, you know, when she's watching videos of her mother, which I appreciate it. But in general, the characters like the audience, we never get that room to breathe that, you know, I've, I've talked about before that I appreciate. That's not to say that I didn't like what the characters were doing here. I like Claire and Owen as potential parents trying to figure it out. And unfortunately I think that goes undeveloped a little bit Mm. i do think there is some growth right they let Maisie help out at the end and and go on that raptor hunt uh (laughs) to get blue i like the potential rekindling between sattler and grant i would have been fine without the romance it could have just been rekindling of a friendship but i I get it i I understand why the romance exists i i think uh ian malcolm as the resident doomsayer (laughs) is perfect because it just fits, right? Like yep. that is his character. It's perfect. And I also think the newcomers, Ramsey and Watts, they hold their own against the more established characters. But man, look, just talking about this, you can see how this film is being stretched. This film has legit 13 characters that need a place. And that's not even <laughs> mentioning the character that you mentioned, the well-dressed Asian Lady Gaga gangster or the bad boy <laughs> cowboy Dinoclone Wrangler. Right. I'm not even getting into uh, Wu or Dogson. We're talking about Dogson here. (laughs) Yes, dude. Dogson. So I didn't put it together that that's who it was. I didn't put it together until I was thinking about it at the end of the movie. So don't feel bad. I was like, oh, Dogson. Yeah, we've got Dogson here. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad because like I didn't put it together, and then Henry called me after he got out of the movie, uh-huh. and he had to literally spell it out for me. That was like, really cool. It's a really it's really a cool connection, uh, <laughs> and it makes that Barbasol scene at the end much better, even cooler. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> um. So yeah, like. He had to spell it out for me, and then once I had that revelation, it was just draw dropping. It makes, like you said, that Barbersol <laughs> scene make even more sense. I was like, in my mind, I was just like, oh, he sounds like a collector, right? He just collected items uh-huh. from these things. But yeah. then, no, after that, I was like <laughs> floored, and I absolutely yeah. like, love. I like the movie even more. Um, but <laughs> there are some other things that surprised me here um, as mm-hmm. well. You know, you, you said there's not a lot of character growth, but I did like our characters. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, you know, I I expected our original three to be fine. I was interested to see if Malcolm was treated more like he was in Jurassic Park than he was on uh-huh. uh, the Lost World. He was treated more like the uh, like Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, which, which I is really a good appreciate. Thing. We agree. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I liked a lot of his callbacks, like when he was unbuttoning his shirt, and then she like tells yeah, him, oh. like, <laughs> "Yeah, that was that was good." Yeah, it was good. <laughs> There's some really clever callbacks in here that I just absolutely loved. <laughs> Um, but the one that really surprised me the most was they got Owen and Claire right. Like, yeah. they finally worked. Third time's a charm. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> finally. They actually had, like, a little bit of chemistry. Right? Yeah, they had some chemistry. <laughs> I bought it. And I, I think a lot of it, because it was even more understated mm. than it had been, even though yeah. they've got, like, this other tether, which is Maisie. And 
And I think their relationship in combination with Maisie really makes them work well together. Yeah. Um, and overall, I was impressed with the implementation of the characters, too. You know, everyone showed up, even characters that we kind of <laughs> forgot about in the back half of Fallen Kingdom. Uh-huh. Um, some of which had these big, important roles to play, which was really cool to see. Now, uh, the thing that I did like about Doxon uh, is, uh, you know, this Tim Cook lookalike, who is like, <laughs> he's just vile. But what uh-huh. I really liked about him, and, you know, we've talked about how we actually like how they made millionaires kind of interesting in this series by removing them from reality. Mm-hmm. He is actually more of a villain for sure. Cause he's totally down for killing people, but yeah. he's also like really goofy and out of his oh, depth. Yeah. And like yeah. completely <laughs> inept. And like anytime yeah. there's like any screws put to him, he just like starts talking and doesn't make any sense and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> which, which is just like, Really cool character. In mid-sentence. Uh, yeah, it was just different. It was very different, you know. Uh, I liked him, too. I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was a funny villain, like interesting well, villain. And, and now that I know who it is, get. right, it makes yeah. even more sense with his version of the character in Jurassic Park. Exactly. Because and it he's makes paranoid. More sense too. Like, he's the loser, right? And also, like, he's been the loser this whole time. You know, he's always been second best. Uh, yeah. Like, he was the competitor. Um kind of like the the rival but he's always been second best and you can kind of see why in this film right <laughs> yeah yeah it's so <laughs> I, I, I just love that but mm-hmm. really the biggest surprise for me well not really Dodge was probably the biggest surprise but the second biggest surprise for me was Henry Wu they made a sympathetic mm-hmm. Henry Wu it turns yeah. out he does have a moral line somewhere and that's you know, the line is the destruction of the food supply for humanity. Yeah. Um, but I really liked his redemption and this change in character. And, you know, when I really sat and I thought about it, um, it really made me realize, it made me think about Fallen Kingdom a little bit more and his hesitancy there for them to even sell the Indoraptor, right? He's like, it's not ready. He's worried about what it'll do in, in the wrong hands, which he's, he doesn't care. He's putting it in the wrong hands. But, He's essentially creating these creatures in a limited scope in a almost controlled environment. Now he's getting pushed out of his element in Fallen Kingdom because they're selling these things, but you could see that hesitancy in, in Fallen Kingdom, and then to see him here, realizing that he's just created this monstrosity that, frankly, isn't as fun to look at, but yeah. is much more deadly. I really like that because, but I bought his regret. I think I thought he really sold it. Um, and what I really liked about him when all of his regret and stuff is it really brought that Maisie arc back into the fold in the film. I'm yeah. glad we made some of the stuff that should have been elaborated more in Fallen Kingdom to make Maisie more interesting. I'm glad we elaborated on it here because it makes her so much more interesting. And it makes some of that odd stuff in Fallen Kingdom maybe a little more worth it because we get to see the yeah. payoff here <clears throat> and see how that shakes out. Yeah, so I'm with you in I, I actually can buy Wu's redemption here in, in the fact that I think Wu's always been driven by science. Yeah. Um, honestly. And he's been driven by progress, and he's been driven by innovation. And it doesn't matter how he gets that, and that's his flaw, is he doesn't he doesn't care who's funding him or what their motive is. Mm-hmm. He is going to keep pushing the envelope because that's who he is. And then he does reach a breaking point in this film. I, I don't know. I felt like that storyline might have been one of those things that was just stretching the film a bit too thin. Do we necessarily need him again to turn into the sympathetic character? I don't know. Unless you're really invested in the story arc of Henry Wu. If I you are, then yeah. I like, was. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, like it's fun. But, you know, if you're not invested in his story arc, it seems like that's just another way that the film could be stretched thin. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about how the film handles nostalgia to go in a slightly Mm. different direction. It's certainly fan service, right? Um, Similar to how I felt about Um, Spider-Man. The plot is built in order to get all these characters all together on the same page there at the end. And there are so many plot conveniences here to make that happen. Uh, but we know yeah. it's going to happen. 
So there's no real su- surprise or suspense. Um, part of me thinks maybe there's a better way to, to do these films. Instead of having the characters finally meet up at the end of the film for the climax, maybe bring them to the beginning of the film, make it happen at the beginning. So we get that moment at the beginning and then we can do what we want. Um, it's going to be convoluted either way. And I'm, I'm not saying that they can't meet back up at the end, maybe. Uh, but I don't know. There's got to be a different way for us to do these nostalgia-driven films uh, <laughs> in a way that still makes for an interesting plot. One of my favorite writers, George Saunders, likes to say that a good story doesn't hold back its best bits. And if it makes us expect something, it probably gives it to us sooner than we expect. It surprises us in that way. And that's something that these nostalgia films don't do, right? We know what to expect out of them, and they make us wait until the end of the movie, like the climax, to get to that moment. Um, (laughs) I I, I think about something like the death of Masrani in the first film, where it surprised us because it is a good idea that the owner of Jurassic World would die in this kind of heroic, tragic way. (laughs) But it surprises us because it happens much sooner then we think it's going to happen. Mm. Uh, it doesn't wait until the end of the film to deliver. It gives us this shocking moment right in the middle that we're like, oh my goodness, this is serious, yeah. right? Unfortunately, with most of these movies, um, that doesn't happen. And I don't, I don't know if there's a great solution or if it's just going to be that way because it is that type of nostalgia-driven movie. Um, mm. I, I've got to say, I did really enjoy the Giganotosaurus Giganotosaurus sequence. Giganotosaurus, thank yeah. you. The Giganotosaurus sequence. Uh, I've got to say it. Like that was really fun having them all together. It was a great climactic moment. It was just, man, the plot to get there. <laughs> it's like, man, we had to do so many things to get us all there, and then at the That's end, true. we have all of us there, and we've got our new characters there, and we know they're all going to be okay. They're not going to. It's like it's similar to some of the conversations we've had around kid characters, right? We know all these characters are going to be okay at the end of the day. They're not going to sacrifice any of these main characters that they have of their franchise. And so that takes away some of the suspense a little bit. and It makes it feel like we're going through the motions. Not to say I can't have fun with those motions. I laughed a lot. I had a great time with some of Malcolm's lines, right? He was great. Uh, And I had a great time with the action sequences. I just we just knew where the plot was going to end up from the beginning of the movie, right? It yeah. was going to end up at these moments, and that's fine. That's just what this type of movie is. But that does, in my opinion, hinder it from reaching maybe a Jurassic Park level of movie, right? Because we already know what to expect going in. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I mentioned I offhandedly mentioned, I guess. Uh, the conveniences, but the the Jeep convenience in particular uh-huh. is like a little, it's a little <laughs> I mean, hard to swallow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, it's like you said, you know, it's coming. Yeah. And the moments and that just follow like the, are kind of worth The climax is convoluted. Like after that scene, like the ending is pretty convoluted. They get from one place to another super quickly. And you're like, how did that just happen? Um, uh, it's really interesting. Like Ramsey's character gets from one place to another in like a moment. And you're like, how did, what, how did that just happen? I don't understand. Uh, so there's just some things like that, that you just kind of like, okay, I'm going to accept this because why not? But, (laughs) uh, it is a bit, it is a bit tough. If you are paying attention to those details, you're like, okay, all right. (laughs) I see what's going on here. (laughs) It's Okay. Uh, I'm not going to hold it against it too much, but that probably keeps it a little bit from reaching that sort of transcendent sort of level. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would agree there. Um, but overall, I mean, I'm not going to complain too much about it because it's like you said, you kind of know what's coming. But that yeah. Jeep roll, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, I mean... Well, 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 I'm sure we'll get more into it. Let's let's talk about MVM Plus for a second, though, because we've got MVM Plus today. It's really a catch-up because Alex and I, we've kind of been at a, in, in a slight hiatus. We've been releasing episodes. We recorded these a while ago. So we have the MVM Plus catch-up edition. Uh, it's Big Al this week. We talk, 
Top Gun, Maverick, Naruto, Stranger Things, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Power Rangers. If that sounds like a full slate, it is, but we do it all in less than 30 minutes over on patreon.com forward slash Pod. Next week, we'll catch up with me, but this week is about Alex and baby Alfie. That's not his, his real name. You have to listen to the episode to find it out. <laughs> That's the teaser. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's jump into our awards, though, Alex. Uh, compelling character award. Who'd you have? Uh, I had to give it to Henry Wu. I didn't expect to feel sympathy for this man. You you were invested in the art. I was. I wanted to know. I wanted to know where he was going to be in this movie. Like, yeah, I was I so excited. You. I was I was surprised to see him not be villainous. Um, and so I was even more surprised to see that he could kind of maybe turned over a new leaf. I like that the, at the end of the film you get to see him release the, I guess, diseased. Uh, enormous cricket into the wild or locust mm-hmm. um, and you know kind of achieve his goal I just think he, I just think he does a good job you know if you were able to sell me on this villain or who I perceive to be a villain at least uh, turn into a more sympathetic character kind of making good on his own good job Henry Wu you're great <laughs> we we need a nickname for all you Wu stands out there we call we call us the Wu Tang Clan. There we go. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, I've got to go with compelling character. It's got to be Alan Grant for me. I I enjoy Alan Grant every time he's he's in one of our Jurassic movies. Um, it's great to see him back. Like he's the character that I was most excited to see, and. Though he didn't have any sort of revolutionary change in character, mm-hmm. he was who I expected. That was fine with me, right? right? He he was a character though that has realized some of his limitations. Um, and this is why I said, like, if we have less characters in this movie instead of thirteen characters or whatever it is, if we have less characters, maybe we have a bit more time to uh, dive deep with some of our main characters, like Alan Grant. He talks about how, you know, like the life that he's been living isn't so great. It can be lonely, you know, and there's some great moments there, I, I thought, um, with his character. But we, we never really dive into that. We get those mentions, but we don't see it as much as we could. Um, with that said, though, I, I, I love seeing Grant. He's the same Grant that we've seen in in Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have much growth or development because he, he is who he is, but at the same time, he has people in his life that have accepted him. And, and you got to love where he ends up at the end of this film as well. Yeah. Were you were you okay? Because, you know, that's something we praise Jurassic Park 3 about. Uh-huh. But were you okay with him ending up with Ellie? And I said, I didn't really need a romance, honestly. I, like, I think just like a rekindling of a friendship would have been enough for me. But it didn't bother me. The romance didn't bother me. I, I'm totally fine with that. I, I can see that being pretty plausible hmm. uh, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I was I was wondering what you would think about it because there's nah, a few I was, things. I wasn't that... I wasn't put off by it. I wasn't like a fan of it, but I wasn't put off by it either. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it was plausible. Um, yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. Okay. it. It was a little cheesy at times, but it, it's cool. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about your most memorable line award? Uh, it could have been many lines from Malcolm, <laughs> just because he's funny. Uh, but you know, he says, "You know what they say? It's always darkest just before eternal nothingness." <laughs> and I like that. I, I did. It's a very uh, Malcolm so line. It was a very Malcolm line. There are several Malcolm lines in here that I could have chose from, but that that's a good one. What about you? Um, mine was between Kayla and, uh, uh, and Owen. Um, he, it's like after the wreck, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, you really love her, don't you? He says, yeah. And she goes, I get it. I like redheads too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good because we don't get a lot of time with, uh, Watts. Yeah, we don't. We, we yeah. don't get a lot. So anytime you've got her talking, it's going to be important to build her character. And I, I feel like they do like with her physicality. Um, and a few of her dialogue options, I think that they they did a good job of characterizing her among these 
13 characters. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you chose a line from her. Um, because for my can't believe the acting award, Alex, I, I'm going with the other new character that we get introduced, which is Ramsey Cole. Oh. Um, played by Mamadou Athi. Honestly, I thought that performance was great. It was so subtle. Um, it didn't need to be over the top at all. Uh, it could have been formulaic or overdone, but I thought Ramsey was really interesting. And it's like, I wasn't quite sure if he was going to be a good guy or a bad guy at, at the beginning of the film. I could tell that he was pointing uh, Ellie and Alan <laughs> in the direction, obviously. Yeah. He's like, don't go there. So I could tell that, but I was like, is he setting them up, right? Um, he, he, he knows what's going on here. And he's always, he's always cool, calm, and collected. And so I thought, yeah, I thought, honestly – Considering these were two new characters that you were throwing on top of our established 10 characters, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ramsey and Watts did a great job um, or were mm-hmm. interesting enough characters to be those new characters in this series. So yep. uh, that was my can't believe that acting award. Yeah, what I about agree. You? I, I assumed that he was good just as yeah. soon as he pointed them to the right direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, he must be good then. And so like, yeah, the, yeah. The, I guess the reveal to me wasn't a reveal. And so right. I was like, I, I, during that moment, I was like, was I supposed to be surprised or was I, See, I th- or was well, it I, like foreshadowed? I don't think you're that- supposed to be too surprised. Okay. He, I just wasn't sure. Cause there were a couple moments where like, I could tell he was kind of, he was picking up on things that, that were going on. Yeah. And I was like, maybe, maybe he is. Um, my thought was potentially if he's not good, Maybe he's setting them up and going to catch them in the act and take credit for it, right? Mm. And like uh, try to get more prestige because it's like, you know, he's kind of he kind of plays the role of the company man, but he's obviously not, as we find out. Um, so was, I, I was curious to see where that ended, and I wasn't super surprised that he was a good character, uh, but I was glad to see it because I thought he was great. Yeah, he was okay. I want to give mine to your favorite character uh Mm -hmm. sam neill as dr alan grant (laughs) i mean he hits it out of the park just being his old dirty self i'm so glad to see this man again um but he i mean you're right what you said earlier he he portrays like this exact same character but he's just a bit more tired you know Mm -hmm. he kind of realizes what he wanted in life and let it slip away, that poor man. Yeah, but now yeah. he's got a second chance, a new lease on life. But no, he's a cute, he's just, a cute moment when he pulls that uh, the picture down. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. That was great. <laughs> he does that. Some of his interactions, like where he has to realize he has he he's the one that has to grab the the locust. <laughs> he's like, like really doesn't want to touch it. Like there's some really cool character moments with him that are like pretty small but significant. Yeah. I just really like his. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Um, what about your, oh, that's a good shot. Uh, I got to give it to when the Dilophosaur is like standing over Claire and it's filling the top right of the frame and she's at the bottom left. It, it looks so menacing in that shot. It's just such a cool, terrifying moment. I love it. Which one's the Dilophosaur? That's the one with the neck The neck that comes out with the flaps that kills uh, Nedry, oh, the yeah, original right, one. Right. Yeah, yeah that's And right. you know, it, it like she turns, she's she's sitting down. She turns and yeah, she looks, yeah. and it's like just standing over her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got both of their faces in the frame. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, it, interestingly enough, my my oh, that's a good shot involves Claire as well, and it is the lagoon shot. Yes, um, but like not the necessarily the one where she is centered in the frame. It's the one where she's under the water and the dinosaur. I'm curious what that dinosaur is called. Uh, that's a uh, Therizinosaurus, I believe. A Therizinosaurus? A, a Therizinosaurus. A Therizinosaurus. There we go. I got it. All right. I'll trust you, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> the th- <laughs> Therizinosaurus. I feel like we're making up names now, but Therizinosaurus is like on top of the water. She's below the water. It's really cool. Before that moment, the dinosaurs reflected right there on the lagoon, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, and then it pans down and she is just right there below the surface 
holding her breath. It was really cool. Like I love that sequence. Uh, very clever, very creative. Um, that would be a very hard thing to do to, to, in real life to walk into a lagoon like that. But yeah. when you don't have any other choice, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I See, if in that sequence, if I see, I thought you were going to pick the one that's straight on with mm-hmm. her, like her head of the water. And then you see the, the claws going into the it's ground as cool. he bends over. Oh, yeah. dude. Very such cool. Such good tension. I love it. I love, I, oh, I love just the framing of that. Right. That's great. Uh, but it, it was very, I just love the creativity of the, the reflection on the water. And then that pan down really cool. That, that whole sequence was great. Like yes, this. for sure. Uh, what about your Dino Death Award? Uh, I had to give it literally again to the Giganotosaurus. He gets tag teamed by the T Rex and the Therizinosaurus. <laughs> by the Therizinosaurus. <laughs> when he gets tag teamed, oh, he gets impaled on that thing's claws. Dude, that was yeah. so awesome. It, I mean, yeah, it was interesting that. The feather claws and T Rex <laughs> decided to uh, team up against it, but that's right. They got to. It is. It's too big. He's he's the alpha. <laughs> they got to take him out. I don't uh, care if it my... makes sense or not. The ending never makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes zero sense. <laughs> it, since, since Jurassic Park all the way here, our endings You're have right. never made sense. None, none of them have made sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the T Rex always wins. You just need to know that. That's right. Uh, my Dino Death Award goes to Dodson. Uh, yeah, because that was a cool sequence with the lights going in and out. Yes, um, you gotta like going back to the Dilophosaur um, death. That was a nice little throwback. Pretty terrifying too. I was honestly surprised oh, yeah. to see the Dilophosaurus back, but yeah, it was great to see because that thing is absolutely scary. <laughs> Yeah, dude. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, any unique awards? Um, if I had to give a unique award, I would say it would be the... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite favorite dinosaur award. Okay. And it goes to that little tiny Triceratops that was in that little um, underground <laughs> area. And it's, just like, it's like yeah. in an arena for some reason. Yeah. And then it's just sitting there casually watching all this the stuff happen around it. And then eventually Owen knocks a character to the ground and it grabs his hand while yeah. another dinosaur grabs the guy's other hand. It's uh-huh. <laughs> but it's just so funny. I love that little dinosaur. Shout out to the finger biter, is all I'll call him. Oh man. Yeah. The other thing was cute and awkward all in one. So it was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my unique award is best musical moment and it's, it's shortly after the opening sequence with Owen, right? Where he just played cowboy. And it sounds like the music, for, for a second there, it sounds like the music from Man from Snowy River. And I'm like, man, I, I am bought into a dinosaur western movie right now. Um, unfortunately, we didn't stay there very long. I, <laughs> I was I was kind of digging the Western vibe with like the bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what can we do with this? We could do some interesting and fun things with this uh, Western sort of setting. It reminded me, Alex, of that Godzilla Marvel Godzilla comic oh. issue. Remember that with yes. the Western? <laughs> so good. I was like, man, we could do some interesting stuff with like a modern Western Jurassic Park movie. Uh, but mm-hmm. alas, we didn't get that. Alas. Maybe we'll get that in uh, the next dude, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, I can't wait for Jurassic Worlds, <laughs> <laughs> where we finally go to space. Cosmic, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our final thoughts and tiered rating. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Uh, yeah, so this is this one's a big surprise for me. Um, I was hoping I would enjoy it. I had a feeling I wouldn't hate it as much as everybody else was seeming to. And I was pleasantly surprised. Not only do we get a, a, a spy movie here that I just have really enjoyed in Malta, but th- when they get stuck in the sanctuary, it's also great. We get all these different locations. We get practical effect dinosaurs on top of CGI. Yeah, Lots yeah. of animatronics here. And they were very mm-hmm. impressive. 
that Giganotosaurus and the Dilophosaurus animatronics were so good. Um, and then all the all of our characters are back, and even better, Goldblum is the correct version of the character this time, <laughs> rather than the the not good version from Lost World. And so, like, there's a lot to be happy with here for me. I liked how Henry Wu's story and Maisie's story wrapped up. We finally got Claire and Owen correct. We finally did so many things right, and we expanded the scope of the genetic manipulation to these bugs that were, were just wiping out crops. I just I love it. So uh, this one was filled with surprises for me. Yes, we've got some conveniences that are hard to not like roll your eyes at a little bit, but there's a lot to love here. So I want to give this... <sighs> I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm going to give it a Godzilla tier. There you go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it mostly because <laughs> of how much fun I had. And when I walked out of that theater, everybody mm-hmm. had had a blast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you have to have a good time with this, right? Like, I think yeah. it's a, a pulpy movie, as I said at the top. Incredibly pulpy. Some of the dialogue, of course, is very hammy. Um, and yet... Well, what else do we really expect? I mean, I, I think it all comes back to those expectations. I don't think you can really say this. I don't understand necessarily the, the critic um, response to this movie as opposed to many Marvel films, if I'm just being honest. I don't see like... Exactly. Huge, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why like... Um, I don't know. What's, what's, a, what's a Marvel film? recently that i've seen i haven't seen dr strange multiverse oh you that? haven't seen it no what was the one before that um that Spider-Man. was spider-man spider-man before Spider-Man. that shang chi or eternals oh they didn't right. like eternals yeah they didn't like eternals that's true Ooh, but let's say shang chi let's say shang chi let's say even spider-man like i i don't see a huge difference between those two movies and this one right i, I really don't um, so I'm not sure quite what the critics are, are going for here because if you're going for like, I guess if you're going for gritty, hard science or sci-fi, um, maybe that's what, what you're being disappointed by. And I, I could get that maybe, right? Like maybe if you're a big fan of the books, um, and yeah. you're like, you're really interested in some of the concepts that the books explore, there's not too much of a conceptual deep dive here. I can also understand if you're a critic, if you're if you're not interested in the characters here, there's not a deep dive into characters. But I don't think it's as uh, I don't think it's as bad as as some people make it out to be. I think this is a fun, pulpy summer movie with great action sequences, uh, fun dinosaurs, fun character moments. It might be nostalgia fueled, um, but that's how a lot of these other movies are. So again, yeah. I don't know why this movie is being judged harshly for it if you're not going to judge like Spider-Man harshly for it as well. You can't right. do both. So with that said, it, it's not a Godzilla tier for me. I, I think there are some issues. That's as okay. I said, I, 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 the characters are stretched thin. So this is a, a, a Gamera tier for me, but I do like this more than Fallen Kingdom. And as I said at the top, it rivals the original Jurassic World for me in my ranking. So I, I had a great time with this. Um, I would definitely recommend it to, to anybody that's even remotely interested. Go see Jurassic World Dominion. I, I think you'll have a good time with it. Yeah, Eric, the, the way I put it was, yeah. I think I said this on Twitter, but um, a lot of people didn't like Eternals. A lot of people didn't like Matrix Resurrections. And a lot of people don't like yeah. this movie. I think all huh. three of those are, for some reason criminally overlooked uh, because they did something a little different Hmm. for their franchise. And I don't quite get it. I think it's all about expectations with all three of them, Um, especially matrix resurrections. And so (laughs) I'm, I think that it's a, I think, you know, if you're expecting one thing, then maybe, yeah, you will be disappointed. But if you're going to an open mind, like, they yeah. might try to do something different for a change. Then maybe you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I, I can get some of the complaints, but others I'm like, ah, 
I don't know what you're expecting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so next week, Alex, we're jumping back into. We've finished our Jurassic Park and World Series. We are jumping back into our Universal Series. Uh, we might switch things up if if we get a uh, wide wider release of the Ultraman movie, Alex. I think we should cover that and do a mini Ultraman series. Yeah. But until we get that, we are going to jump back in to Universal as we finish off our 30 film Universal Monster series. So we have got, we're about halfway through that. So we've got about 15 films left. Next week, we have got The Invisible Man's Revenge. Ooh. The Invisible Man's Revenge. You have a rhyme for Invisible Man's Revenge? Yeah, sure. Um, up next, we've got the <laughs> I don't. So thank you for thinking of one because okay. I don't have one at all. Uh, I'll I'll start. I'll no, think about. No, I got it. Um, I got it. No, okay. I was going. All right, go ahead. Go oh ahead. Go gosh. ahead. Uh, up next is the Invisible Man's Revenge. Is it going to make us cringe, or does it stink like it's got some sting? <laughs> Those are both bad things. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so it's not going to be good either way. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> next week, when we return. With the revenge of the man who is invisible, will our opinions be divisible or will they be monosyllable? It was good. It was bad. The end. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm out of Ooh. practice. I'm out of practice. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on Jurassic World Dominion at mvmpod.com or email us at mvmpod at gmail.com and we'll read that feedback on the show. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. Become a bargain basement at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3, which forms Sublock Beat, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't don't eject your girlfriend from a plane and leave her all alone in the dinosaur park. <laughs> and try, try to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Plenty to discuss. So you want to jump right into it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, my, the small child was um, making all kinds of sounds over here. I was making, well, I was trying to make eye contact with him, tell him to zip it, but he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs>